Hey, all you listeners out there, real quickly, I just wanted to thank you all for following along this year on the creation of the Keyhole Conversations podcast and being avid listeners. And to all of the guests that have come on this year, a big thank you, because without you, this show wouldn't it wouldn't be here. It would just be me talking to myself. So thank you, all the guests, for creating these conversations and allowing us to have that little bit of insight into your lives. The episode that you're about to listen to now um, is the last episode of 2022. It is with a guest of mine, Lacey, who also is uh, someone I'm in a relationship with. The episode itself starts off very lighthearted, and we talk about uh, Lacey's creation of art and who she is as an artist, and then we kind of get into uh, some things that happened throughout 2022, which also encompasses a bunch of backstory from her life um, that she shares with us, and a lot of that, like all these conversations, make these people a little vulnerable because they are sharing very sensitive parts of their lives. So um, that being said, I want to thank her and every other guest that has come on and shared these vulnerable stories with us when they come upon those vulnerable times. Um, Because I think it's very important as uh, listeners and as the creator of this podcast for these conversations to happen, to let you know that life isn't always perfect, but we can do what we can to make life perfect for us. Other than that, I don't have anything else to say. I hope 2023 is a great year for you all and enjoy the episode. Hey Lacey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Good. Why do you get all shy all of a sudden? You've done plenty of podcasts in the past and now this one makes you shy? I guess. I felt weird not saying showtime. (laughs) Lacey is my co-host on Habeas Corpses, which is our horror podcast that we've been doing for about five years, four years, somewhere in that I Run. thought it was like closer to three and a half, four. It's no, it's got to be going on like four. Yeah, I was gonna say I think it's about four years now. Now we have an episode we can do on that show we just watched. Yes, we sure can. We watched an interesting film just a little bit ago, like twenty minutes ago. <laughs> <laughs> I guess not even film, a documentary. Um, but welcome to Keyhole Conversations, a whole different podcast <laughs> where we're not talking about horror, gore, and true crime and everything in between. We're just sitting here having conversations with people I find interesting. And lucky for you, I find you very interesting. I hope you live with me. <laughs> um, 2022. It's the last day of 2022. We're going into New Year's Eve today. Mm-hmm. which for some people it's full of celebrations that include getting drunk as skunks and driving around and killing people and having the most regrettable nights of their lives or people like me and you who tend to in the past two, three, even four years have been very calm and tame with our New Year's Eve celebration. I don't really like New Year's Eve. Is there a reason you don't like New Year's Eve? Um... I think it's just because it's like the lamest holiday ever. 
Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't call New Year's Eve the lamest holiday oh, ever. I think but... it's the lamest holiday ever. <laughs> you have you have a bone to pick with New Year's Eve. I don't Why? like New Year's. Like the more I think about it, the more I'm like, I really don't. I love like little holidays. I love Valentine's Day and I love St. Patrick's Day. Obviously, I love Halloween and stuff. But I would say New Year's Eve is my least favorite holiday. Do I like the extra days off? Sure. I don't mind that part about it. But, like, it doesn't serve a purpose. It's just for people to stay up late, which I don't like to do because I like to go to bed at a reasonable time and get drunk, which I don't mind doing. But I don't know. I think it's so lame that it's like, all oh, this holidays is stay up late and get drunk. And then you're hungover on the first day of the year. I don't know. It's dumb. I think New Year's Eve can be a very important day and New Year's Day. I think it's one that um, a lot of people can uh, reflect on their lives and look back on the year that has uh, been and what they've accomplished. And then they can look forward to what they would like to accomplish with the new year. That's how I look at New Year's Eve and the New Year I, Day myself. I New Year's Day is is a totally different event to me than New Year's Eve, though. <laughs> new Year's Day is like, wow, it's the first day of the year. What does this year hold? My birthday's in a month. Yay! Like, but New Year's Eve is like, let's get fucked up, and I don't like that. <laughs> Yeah, you just said you do like doing uh, that. No, though. but I like doing it, but I don't like that it's like that's the only thing to do on New Year's Eve. Like pretty much everything is closed. Like that's the like expectation for most people is that they're going to get drunk. I don't know. I would say a, a majority of people maybe, um, but there's a lot of people that just like to stay up to ring in the new year as well. Not everyone's getting drunk and wasted. The only thing that I like to do, and I've always liked it since I was a kid, was going outside at midnight and banging on pots and pans. I don't know why that's a tradition. To make as much noise as possible to ring in the new year and wake up the people like yourself who are I, lame and sleeping. I, I get up and do the... No, you don't. Yes, I do. No. Yes, I do. I always do. I would have to say I disagree. I don't think you did that last year. I was drunk last year. <laughs> I, you know, I just Well, I had to drink because we watched that terrible movie, remember? Yes, I do. And it was, and you, yeah, you were getting me drunk. You were like, here, take another shot. Well, I, I had to live vicariously for you. <laughs> this is going to be my second New Year's as a sober individual because mm -hmm. the third New Year's before that, I was... Actually, I don't think I got We ironically wasted. don't usually, even in, in the past when we were drinking a lot. We didn't. We uh, didn't drink on New Year's Eve. No, it's, it's so <laughs> weird. Like people would be like, oh, I bet this is your favorite. No, not really. We don't party. We don't do any of that crazy mm -hmm. stuff. Like last year was probably one of the first New Year's Eves in years I was drunk. Hmm. You know, I was thinking today when I was at the gym, ironically, we're talking about drinking and uh, people getting drunk on this day. And it's a really sad thought because I'm at the gym. And I'm sitting there working out. I'm like, yes, last day of the year, and I'm I'm not sleeping in. I'm going to get it, and I'm going to continue this uh, lifestyle choice into 2023. And then some random thought came across my head, and it was the fact that someone out there, could be me, could be you, could be anyone, is waking up to their last day on this planet because statistically someone's going to get killed by some drunk asshole who decides, I'm okay, I can drive. Exactly. It's a dangerous night to be on the roads. 
Like, just stay home and watch movies with your dogs. Not everyone has dogs and not everyone has a TV, but everyone can get fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for you, you made a few changes over 2022 as uh, you yourself, you experienced some traumatic events over 2022 and you've experienced other um, huge life changes. What would you say out of 2022 as... Um, an artist, because you're an artist, you make art, you, uh, and you're a multi-talented artist, you do um, painting, sewing, sculpting, sculpting embroidering, embroidering. you do all that stuff. Was there any accomplishment as an artist over 2022 that you just went, yeah, I'm, I love this? Um, well, I really do love embroidering. In fact, I'm going to do an embroidery journal for 2023. Now, before you make the face at me where you're like, no, you're not. The great thing about an embroidery journal is you can work on it like once a week or once a month as long as you remember the stuff that you did. Because you wouldn't want to sit down and do a 10-second embroidery every day anyway. So most people do like oh, I'll wait a few days and then I'll do it. And they're really cool. And it's this, they, and they're really teeny tiny little embroideries on a big hoop. And so at the end of the year, you have this like ugly ass <laughs> embroidery journal of your year. And I think they're really cool. So embroidery is one of my new favorite things because um, it kind of combines a lot of the stuff I like. Like it's just an art form. I don't know, like it bring almost like drawing, right? So like I can make a, a picture on a piece of fabric with a needle and thread, which I already liked sewing. And I don't know, it's just really satisfying when you're done and you're like, I did that, even if it's kind of crappy. Like I finished that midsummer one and it wasn't the best, but I really enjoyed doing it. And I just did it for myself. I didn't do it to sell or anything. But I would say like as an achievement, Selling my dog bandanas has been pretty rewarding because they're pretty popular when I go to shows. I think that's cool. I like being able to sell stuff for dogs and make things for dogs. I always wanted to have like a business that had something to do with dogs. So, yeah, I would have to say I did the uh, the artist lifestyle for a little bit in the aspect of setting up at uh, events and mm -hmm. venues and things. And I got to hand it to you artists who do that on the monthly basis or the some a bi-weekly basis, some a weekly basis. I'm planning on doing it on a weekly basis. I, good luck. I could not because it's so hit or miss. And it is. The hard thing about it is, and the thing that I, I really respect artists who do it is, one, you're taking basically two days of prep. Well, a day of preparation and then the actual day. <laughs> no, I'm not talking about creating the art. I'm just saying the packing, packing everything in. I've started set keeping up. everything just packed. Packed so you don't so have to pack don't up, have, pack that. That shit's bullshit. I don't do that anymore. <laughs> uh-uh. It's all just packed in a huge tote ready to go. Well, that, I mean, that, that's good. That's something you learn. Yeah. Me, I, I did, quickly learned. I was like, I'm not going to carry 95 tiny boxes with me. This yeah, that, that was terrible. That was one thing I always hated about those shows. And then second off, you're, you're dealing with uh, two types of people, people who really appreciate art and um, are willing to pay your prices. 
and people who think you're a scam artist <laughs> and don't want to pay your prices <laughs> and they think it's ridiculous that you're charging this much and i'm like guess what i'm not charging as much as i should <laughs> no no and i i don't think people really uh understand the amount of work that local and i mean not even local just small time artists put into items it's like you have to consider the person had to go buy all those materials, no matter what it is. If it's a painting, if it's an embroidery, if it's a dog bandana, if it's like, like um, I've been at a few shows where people sell like their baked goods. So you have to go buy all those materials. Then you have to make the goddamn thing, <laughs> which like when I do my dog bandanas, that takes me several days because I don't just do like one. I do a huge batch of them. And like parts of it, I really like, I hate making the actual part that slips on the collar for whatever reason. I hate making the little collar flap. It's so tedious. It's my least favorite part. It's the part that takes like probably the least amount of time too. And I'm like, oh God, I hate this part. <laughs> but like, um, like, so you have to consider, I bought all those materials. I put all those materials together. Now all the time spent, just like you're saying, putting all those materials into the like boxes or whatever my my giant tote now i'm gonna have to drive to wherever my show is at the one that i'm probably gonna start doing once a month i'm waiting to hear if they're doing it monthly or not it's gonna be in tooele so now i have to spend my money getting there and now you're telling me that ten dollars for one single bandana is too much money and so it's really frustrating because you're like, you don't understand. Like, I put so much work into this. And, like, I had to find other people's dogs to figure out what sizes to, like, because I only have little dogs. And I don't know. It's just dumb. No, I, I totally understand. <laughs> and I think the thing that people don't understand is they're comparing artists' handmade product to, to something, something in Walmart. Exactly. Something yeah. that is mass produced in China, yeah. shipped here, and they get for $2. Right. And I and understand that. Like I do, because sure, I want to buy a bandana for $2. But I also appreciate art because I am an artist. So when I see like something that's, do I always buy it? No, because I can't always afford to. But I'm not going to be like, I can't believe you're charging that much money for that. So I was just about to bring this up because I find that this is a reoccurring observation of mine when I am come to visit you at these shows or from when I uh, dabbled in them a little bit is it almost <laughs> seems like the gathering itself is more... Uh, the local artists supporting other local artists and than the actual like, community so cool. supporting the local I can't artists. afford to buy it because I'm an artist too, <laughs> but I like it. <laughs> yeah. You, I totally agree. <laughs> you guys all go through a lot making art and trying to sell it. And sometimes you're very successful and other times you come away with basically operating in the red. I would say... That for, okay, so when I make art and I try to sell it, I don't make very much money off of art. Like, I'm talking like paintings. But with my dog bandanas, those are a little more, I'm not going to say lucrative, but I'm not really in the red. I'm kind of neutral. I gen I've, I've kind of kept a little bit of mental track and I'm about even. I like, but I'm not, I'm not in a position where I'm profiting. I'm basically in a position where like. Sustaining. Yeah. <laughs> I make enough money at the shows where I can continue making the bandanas and continue going to shows and selling them, but I'm not like making a profit. 
So, but like when I would go to shows and I would sell art, those are even more hit or miss because you have to hope that someone likes your art. Art is also generally going to be more expensive than a bandana. I don't bring my art to the little shows either. I only bring it to the bigger shows where I have like a whole like 10 by 10 booth. But if I'm just at a table, it's just sewing and embroidery. It's easier and it's going to, it's almost a guaranteed sell. And so I know that I'm going to make more money, but I don't know if that makes sense. I mean, it probably makes sense to you because you've you've sold your like photography and stuff. So I'm not I'm not making a profit. I'm just kind of breaking even. But so I'm not in the red. It, it makes sense to me in the way of there's a reason I don't do shows anymore. <laughs> but I still like doing them. Someday I'd like to have my stuff in like a coffee shop or something. I think you that'd make, be really cool. Well, and here, here's the difference between you and me is you have a way wider um audience when you're selling your things yeah when i tried it i was doing very specifically like horror photography and so there were only a few shows that i could even go to with the plan of making money at them Mm -hmm. and i just i got burnt out real quick of the show lifestyle i think i did two or three with you and i was like this ain't me i just I like making my money from my photography either by referral and doing work for people I know. I absolutely will not do side gigs anymore. (laughs) Those are the worst. (laughs) Uh, They are. And then um, just selling general prints from people who ask, hey, can you get a print of that for me? I'm like, sure. And I usually never have any problem or qualms with the amount of money I ask for for my prints. (laughs) I got to tell you something I realized recently I hate doing, but it doesn't mean I'm going to stop doing it. And I'm happy to do it if um, somebody asks me to. (laughs) But I don't like doing commissions. (laughs) And it's the only reason is because like when I'm making something for myself and then I end up selling it later and like it's like, you know, like my giant alien painting, which I haven't sold, but I did that for myself. So it was just fun. When I put, I think it has to do with because I'm such a procrastinator. I'm like, I'll just do it later. I'll do that later when I'm feeling it. I'll do that. Oh, fuck. I've got to do it right now. And then I start panicking and it's not fun because I put it off for so long. No, totally. It's always way more fun to sell something that you yourself created for you yourself. Well, and the other thing is then I also worry, what if you hate this thing that you asked me to make? Like, and so I dread making it because I'm like, what if they hate it? I don't want them to buy it if they hate it. I couldn't agree more. So I've done family sessions in the past. I've never had anyone complain about a family session I've done except one. And I kind of let that one family session that they complained about give a very negative overview of all my family sessions because now I worry way more. Am I going to be able to capture this family, how they want to be seen? Am I going to do this the right way? So I... I very much keep all of my photography out of that realm of working for other people unless they specifically come to me and ask me to do it, which I did one recently. You were with me and they were totally fine. And I thought the photos came out very good and I hope they like them. I'll figure out on Tuesday if if she says, these are garbage. I'm like, I'm never doing these again. I think they're really cute. And I thought the family was really nice because that is one thing that we've dealt with doing photos for people 
is sometimes their family sometimes it's people we like and then we meet their family and i'm like oh i don't i don't like their family yeah no no kidding um but yeah like Brittany, um who commissioned a painting for me over the summer she told me she loved it when she got it and then i saw her actually a couple weeks ago and she was like we love it and like it made me feel good about it but i because i worried i was like I didn't, I wasn't happy with it, but also as an artist, that's a pretty common thing too, where like, you're going to be the worst critic of your own stuff anyway. So I was like, oh, I don't love it. Should I redo it? And I finally just gave it to her and she was like, I love it. And she was showing me like where they put it in their house. And so I was like, oh, okay. Like that redeems commissions for me a little bit. I think part of the reason that um, like I worry so much is cause my very first one I ever did, which was years ago when I was strictly watercolor painting, which I don't even watercolor anymore, really. Um, I didn't know anything about like commissioning art. I didn't know that like a lot of people requested deposit first, um, and so I did this painting for somebody and I was like, hey, it's going to be this much, which wasn't even a lot. And they were like, oh, can I just get a print instead? And I was like, oh, you asked me for this thing and now you don't want this thing because it's too much money. So I, I made them the print and like I've sold several prints of it. I actually repainted the whole thing in acrylic. It looks way cooler than it ever did before, I personally think, but like... I have this fucking painting that I don't want. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one thing that I absolutely love about photography that I do not envy with uh, art that you have to physically create is I can go out there, take photos, post them online and just have people say, hey, can I get a print of this? And I'm like, yeah, cool. I don't have to spend my time and fill rooms full of shit that artists like you like, have to. Well, and then I have started doing this thing where if something doesn't sell after a long time and I've made prints of it, and like I want to reuse the um, canvas, I'll either completely paint over it, which I've done a few paintings, like the cat painting upstairs was that shitty painting of a barn that I did. Cat, cat painting, way cooler. Same thing with the alien. I redid the entire alien, so much cooler. Like I love that alien painting now. Um, and now I'll do like poor paintings. So like. Those are pretty cool. I haven't really sold any, but you got to elaborate because when I hear poor painting, I'm I'm thinking it's a poor what man like painting. like for us people that only make a little bit of money. <laughs> no, it's a poor painting, and I do it the poor man way. Um, you can make your own medium to do it. So it, you take acrylic paint and uh, you mix it with the the medium. And the medium that I use is basically Elmer's glue and water, but it's a specific consistency. And then you mix it with the paint and you pour it. And it, um, and then you do different layers and you can actually add like oil to it, which will create like different kind of designs. Like each one's going to be unique no matter what. I think I seen Kenzie doing some of that. They're really, really, really. So yeah, fun. I think I know what you're talking about now. It just, it's all kind of a random. Yeah. Gotcha. So now when I have a canvas that I'm like, that painting is dumb or like that's never going to sell. I just do a poor painting. And they're just fun. I just like to do them. They're not, I'm not like, I'm going to sell the poor paintings now. I just do them for fun. So for 2022, would you say this has been your, because to me, observing you, this has probably been your biggest explosion as an artist year. Yeah, definitely. And I'm actually hoping, I haven't done anything this week because I haven't felt very good. I got the stomach flu, which was awesome. 
pretty sure that's what it was. And, um, but I'm like, I have plans to do a lot more this year and I'm really excited about it. And hopefully like people keep buying my bandanas, hopefully new people. Cause the same people aren't going to want to keep buying them over and over again. <laughs> I know it's funny how you, when you first start as an artist and I'm talking from my realm that I know photography, you get a lot of a lot of support going out the gate and it's all your family and close friends and that shit drops off real quickly and can become very very put you in a sense of despair like i'm not selling anymore and it takes a while to get to the point to where just people random people acquaintances will see it and request it um i actually got butthurt at a show because I'm not the only one who makes dog bandanas, yeah. obviously. I'm not claiming to be the original collar bandana lady. That's not true. <laughs> and this lady like came up to my booth and um, some was with a friend. And I'd never seen these two people before. And the friend was like, oh, my gosh, these are so cute. And as they're walking away, I heard the lady say, yeah, I bought one from her at this blah, blah, blah show. It was a show I wasn't at. And it fell apart. And I was like, that wasn't me. Like, Oh, I I get you. So they mistaken someone else's work for, for my work. And I was like, no, that wasn't me. And I was so <laughs> upset. And I wanted to run over and be like, no, I wasn't at that show. Up before this, I was doing the Magna shows this year. I didn't do any other ones. I haven't sold these anywhere else. And I was so upset. And I was like, oh, God, someone out there is making terrible bandanas. But the one nice thing about making stuff for dogs is there's people like me out there that will just buy endless shit for their dogs. So Oh, yeah, totally. (laughs) Like it doesn't, doesn't even matter if it's a good product. They'll buy it. Just because it's cute for their dog for like one day and then yeah. they'll totally forget about it. So you're in one of those niches that's just like, yeah, cha-ching, cha-ching. I mean, obviously you're not making handfuls of cash doing I this. I wish. But I would quit my job. I definitely, would that be a goal of yours one day to become large enough as an artist to possibly walk away from a full-time job in mm-hmm. the aspects of this is what I do and then I do my art and do art full time or would you I don't know because I don't know if I'd like doing it full time I think it would kind of take some of the fun and excitement out of it does that make sense no it does like people have always asked me why don't you try and do photography full time you're so talented blah 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 and I'm like because I don't want to because photography is a passion for me and turning it into work would just make it I was just talking with my therapist about this uh, last week. We were talking about having balance because I was like, I get so tired and like sometimes all I want to do is sleep. And she was like, I just don't think you balance things out very well in your life. Like you've got this plate, right? And like you got too many peas over here and you don't have enough stuff over here so like I think for me it's good for me to have a job because that keeps a little bit of balance then like create I make money and by creating things so that's rewarding but also it's still a hobby so that kind of helps balance a little bit and like that's actually a goal for 2023 for me it's not and it's not even necessarily new year's resolution it just happens to be that I just had this conversation with my therapist is just like finding balance Like, for example, I was saying, like, oh, sometimes I get so overwhelmed by my chores, and so I just don't do them. (laughs) 
Yeah, you can say that again. <laughs> and she was like, well, what? A-, and I actually did this while you were gone. It's why you came home to a not disastrous home. She was like, hey, what's something you want to do? And I was like, I really want to relax over this break. I was like, I don't even want to work on stuff if I don't have to. Like, I just kind of want to hang out with my kitten and my dogs. And she's like, okay, I want you to pick an activity and you can do that for a little while. But then you need to stop and you need to do a couple chores. But then you can go back to the relaxing and the activity and you can do that for a little while. But then you have to stop. Like, that's the deal. Like, I'm going to allow myself two hours to do this but then I have to do this for two hours. And that's how I got three loads of laundry put away. <laughs> it's how I did the dishes while you were gone. It's like, cause I was like, okay, I can do that. Like I can, that was, it was balanced. I was like, I'm gonna sit on the couch with the dogs and watch Law and & Order for two episodes. And then I'm gonna get up and I'm gonna do, put away a load of laundry and then I'm gonna do this thing. And so like, I wanna do that with my whole life. Like, okay, I can work on my bandanas today, but tomorrow I have to do this thing and just balance everything better. Cause so, I think that'll be better for my mental health and I'll stop feeling so uh, drained and tired all the time. Well, and that's a perfect segue into what I kind of wanted to talk to you about other than art and becoming a more involved artist in 2022, which I've seen you evolve into a, I'm not going to say better artist, but more business minded artist, I think. Yeah. I've and more you. driven. Yeah. Um, but you've also, and before I jump into this, I, I want to, touch just on the difference between me and you. <laughs> um, you will put things off. To the last possible yes. second. <laughs> and it all builds up and culminates and starts falling over. Mm-hmm. I have the exact opposite problem, which I've been trying to work on as well, is my uh, whatever state of mind my mind goes into, and I've been trying to like cut it off when it does this, but I'll see something because I'm very, I wouldn't go as far as saying I'm OCD because I hate when people no. diagnose themselves. And you're with, not OCD either. Uh, yeah. I don't think I, don't I, think I am. I, I mean, I don't know. That would take a medical professional to diagnose right. me because I, I you you're know, anal. Exactly. <laughs> but when I see, that's not a medical diagnosis. When I see a problem <laughs> though, or something you I go from one chore it. to the next chore to the next chore and I'll start at like 7 a.m. and I'll get all my shit done for the whole week by like one o'clock. Yeah. But in that time, my blood pressure's spiked. I'm pissed. I'm grinding my teeth. I'm trying yeah, you're to so get... unpleasant to be around when you're cleaning. Like when you're cleaning, I'm like, I'm gonna leave. I literally came home from a uh, trip down south yesterday put all my stuff away and instead of doing what a natural person would do and just go relax and on the couch or something with your loved I immediately went to vacuuming and dusting and and I was like so proud when you came home too I was like I put Christmas away and I was like this isn't done this isn't done and I wasn't blaming you but I was just like I gotta get this done well and my idea of clean and your idea of clean are two very different they things. are now just putting out there how we're different. Both of us have, I, not deficits, but we have problems when it comes to prioritization. Yeah. So 
I prioritize a little too much and a little too hard handed and you are a little too (laughs) relaxed. And maybe that's how we. And that's what I was talking about with my therapist is finding balance with that. Just for me personally, not for you. You're your own problem. (laughs) (laughs) But for me, like, because I I know that it drives you crazy, but believe it or not, it actually drives me crazy too. Because then I get overwhelmed and there's too much that I haven't done. And I'm like, well, now I'm a lazy piece of garbage and I hate myself and now I can't do anything. So I should probably just take a nap. And like, it makes it almost impossible to do because I've let too much build up. And so that's like where we were talking about like, okay, well, how about you say, I'm going to watch one episode of Law and Order. I love Law and Order. Yes, and then, you do. And then, then I can, then I'm going to put away one load of laundry. And then I can watch one more episode of Law and Order. And, but then I have to put the Christmas decorations away. The amount that Lacey loves Law and Order SVU. brings disorder to my mind. Like, this this is going to sound really bad, but you can send me into a grinding teeth rage sometimes because I'll know like exactly what you're doing because I'll be sitting downstairs working on something and I'll just hear this from upstairs. No, you, you missed the... Boom, boom. <laughs> whatever the theme song playing and i'll just go i oh started skipping it and i'm like skip 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 because i know it drives you nuts but it, i like it i don't care if you don't like it it's what makes me happy and that's no, what matters it, all i'm saying is it's like that annoying song well, like if that song that it is someone set or sings to annoy you you know like what does the fox say or i know a song that gets on everybody's nerves the utter like hell if i was placed into hell the <laughs> law and order theme song would be playing in the background because i've heard it so many damn times because i swear there's an endless amount of episodes on i'm Hulu. almost done <laughs> i'm almost done with them actually so don't worry I'll but have a couple more you, seasons you obsess about shows. tv shows because for a while there it was gray's anatomy and then you went to um law and order mm-hmm. i think one to the other but i do i and i rewatch shows Yes, you do. I've, I know. I've watched Parks and Rec. I can't count how many times. Uh, Shit's Creek. Obviously, I love Buffy. I just got a Buffy tattoo. <laughs> but I've loved that show since I was a little kid. So um, I digressed us a little bit with comparing me to you on how we look and tackle like home life stuff. Um, and I wanted to really uh, go in the direction of you've done another thing for yourself. Um, not only have you strived as an artist to become a more productive and more business orientated artist, you have also chose to seek out therapy, which the stigma of going to a therapist nowadays, I think, is finally getting. Um, it's a lot less like and I'm, I don't hide it. I'm not like, oh, I go to therapy. I will happily say my therapist said this to me like. What was um, what was the for struggling with mental health for probably about as long as I've known you? Mm-hmm. Um, but this year's been really a rough and tough one. What made you? What was it? A event in your life in twenty twenty two or? Yeah, but I'm not gonna go into detail about it. It was a fight we got into. Me and you. 
Yeah. So what was the fight about? I don't want to say. Why? Because it's embarrassing. No, it's not. Talk about I it. I went through your phone. That was the fight. Oh, yeah. You did go through my phone. Well, that's... It's embarrassing. <laughs> I don't think it's as embarrassing. Like, it was frustrating from my point of view. <laughs> it's embarrassing for me. <laughs> I don't want to be that person. And that's why I started going through therapy. <laughs> but that's a good thing as well you realized that you had done something i realized i hit this rock bottom of a person i didn't know anymore and you had gone through my phone because you thought i was forming a like romantic relationship with someone else you looked through it didn't find anything what and that's exactly what i had confronted you on i was like did you find anything and no. You didn't find a damn thing in no. there. But I think here's the important distinction between you and a lot of other people out there is you realized it was a, I, I don't want to say a bad behavior because I think a lot of humans have trust issues and we develop those over time. And um, I wasn't even like, I was upset with you, but I wasn't mad at you. And I remember sitting there and kind of questioning why, what did I do to have caused this? And I think it was more of a thing within yourself that you also recognized and went to correct. Yeah. My therapist and I actually talked about that event and uh, we kind of have come to the conclusion over several um sessions i am haven't <clears throat> in my life people leave um they just stop loving me or something and it's something i fear and instead of trying to confront it head on and figure out like and it's not necessarily a me problem because it's like my parents. Um, but it's been my experience that people will leave. And so I worry that everybody will leave. Mm -hmm. Everybody. That eventually I'll just be a lady with lots of dogs. <laughs> and um, I don't see that as that being a very bad option for you. It's not. For how but much I also you don't want to be alone. <laughs> You know, I don't, I even worry about saying the wrong thing and losing all my friends. And, um, so it's not even a thing that was particularly on me. Like you went through my phone due to some internal conflict you were having, but this is something that you maybe project on other people as well, friends and stuff. But the thing is you recognized it and yeah. instead of repeating the behavior over and over and over again to self-destruct and push people away, you sought out therapy. So it was yeah. that event that made you seek out therapy. How has therapy worked for you? I really like it and I've seen small progress and it's going to take a long time, I think, to make big progress. Um, but like I can identify things now that like maybe I couldn't have identified in the past um like one thing we talk about is like everything that happens in your early childhood 
affects your entire life. And um, if you understand those things, then you can understand the way that you approach situations as an adult. And uh, one thing that like I'm trying to work on is speaking up for myself. And um, I had said to my therapist that I didn't want people to be mad at me or think that I'm um, mean because I'm like setting a boundary uh like at work for example when I'm like I'm not gonna deal with this this is ridiculous that's me setting a boundary and it's not something I've done in the past so it can I worry about being perceived as being a giant jerk and just being difficult to work with whereas I'm like no I'm protecting me and my students and my therapist said it's not your business what other people think about you and that really changed something for me because I was like it's okay for me to set boundaries because it's not my business what they think about me at the end of the day it's my business what I think about me no and I think that's a very uh very good thing to look at and so that's like just a really small example another one is um like a lot of the things I like, I've always been afraid of, like, being shamed for, for liking them. Um, I was kind of the black sheep in the family. I didn't like the same music as my parents and my brother, and I didn't, I liked to read more than I liked watching TV, believe it or not. <laughs> and um, just, I was, I was involved in different hobbies and... Um, I would they would tease me for the things I liked and I'm pretty sensitive and they it wasn't even nice teasing it would be like pretty mean name calling and so I will diminish things myself so for example I think that people probably assume that my like love for Buffy the Vampire Slayer is silly so before they can make fun of me for liking it so much I'll say it's so stupid and she's like it's safe to be you. It's safe for you to like the things you like at this point. What, like, why would you diminish yourself? And it's safe to be you. And so that's something I'm trying to remind myself, like, if someone, and it's a mental thing, I just assume that somebody is going to be like, you're dumb. (laughs) I just try to remind myself that it's safe to be me. And I can explore that too, because for a long time, I also don't think I wanted to explore who that was. And I actually think I did a lot of that this year. Um, But anyway, I digress. (laughs) No, I I think it's very important that you're open and honest with people. That's why I kind of pushed you to um, talk about what got you into therapy, because the only way that people actually uh, connect is you got to just speak your mind and who the hell cares of what other people's perceptions are of things. The one thing that just utterly drives me nuts is when I'll be listening to someone trying to explain about their life, they edit themselves or they leave things out or they don't want people to know about their right. dark they, closets. They don't feel like or, it's safe to be them. That's that, that thing. Yeah, exactly. And you just got to, by sharing your experiences, even with me and you and having our ups and downs, 
in our lives, other people can connect with those and say, oh, so I am not the only person that's done that. I'm I'm not quote unquote crazy for acting this way other people have. I hate people and podcasts and and things that are so level and surface and like just ugh, like I don't know if I'm coming across the right way of explaining it but where it's like I know there's a deeper story to this why aren't you actually sharing it and it's I think in a lot of um like media it's really black and white like you'll hear people that are like if you look through your partner's phone you shouldn't even be together well as we just discussed like it's a bigger problem than me and you it's a it's a like ingrained issue in me like and that was something that I had to get down to the bottom of but like so you can't just make you can't just say this general this thing has the same solution in every single problem because it's not a math equation no and and exactly like you had said you have this fear of people leaving you and Rightfully so, it would be the same aspect of saying someone who got sexually assaulted at a party would be afraid of going to parties or would fear parties because yeah. they have a traumatic event. And and you, you've had people in your past leave you and seeking out therapy to help you understand the fact that not everyone is going to be like that. You got to kind of confront that history and be like, well, it has been like that in the past. Why wouldn't it be like that going forward? But it seems like you're working through that. Yeah. I'm trying. It's hard. Who was the, who, what is your first experience with the abandonment? Um, my parents, for sure. I guess it's not an all, people always leaving me. It's just like the um, most important people. Key important people. Yeah. Um, so. I guess I'll just share my little story about that because people are probably like, what do you mean your parents abandoned you? Um, and I'll try to keep it short. But I've always had a really dysfunctional home life. I always, obviously, I'm, I talk about my childhood often with my therapist. <laughs> um, and uh, when I became a teenager, my mom and I got like oddly close. And so I pushed a lot of that aside. I pushed a lot of the resentment aside and I didn't deal with a lot of those emotions which is actually part of my issue I think and um when you and I started dating a lot of those problems with my mom started reoccurring and uh she and my dad both have very inappropriate behavior and I did the thing that's scary for me and I set a boundary and I told them I was upset with them and I wasn't gonna come wasn't going to do this thing that they were asking me to do on their terms. I said, no, I'll, you know, whatever. And uh, that was it for them. Me setting a boundary. That was the last straw. I was no longer their daughter. And uh, I was 22 when that happened, which is really young. And at the time, I was reconnecting with both sets of grandparents because growing up, my parents had stopped speaking with their both of their parents um, because of lies. I was always told lies. They were um, all sorts of weird stories about, oh, we don't talk to this set of grandparents for this reason. And we don't talk to this set of grandparents for this reason. And so I was reconnecting with them and... Um, 
but I didn't have like a fallback and that was really scary too. Like if something happened between you and I, I didn't know what, like I'm 22, what am I, where am I supposed to go? What am I supposed to do? And I think a lot of people are like, oh, well, your parents will still love you. If you go knock on their door, they'll welcome you back with open arms. And it's, no, that's not the case for me. And yeah, and to paint a picture of this for people, and this is me totally, I'm not taking sides. I'm not, I support you, but I've always told you that your relationship with your parents, whether it be a good one or a bad one, is up to you and I'll support whatever decision you make. But I I think a lot of people go to the aspect of uh, a parent's love is unconditional. I haven't seen total unconditional love with your parents, especially when you have a sister who has reached out to a mom about a granddaughter and the mom totally ignores this whole situation. So for people who are like, what do you mean? Uh, they wouldn't take you back, Lacey. Have you ever tried? It's like she has an example to lead upon of her sister. Who's and, been... and so not only that, but I actually do know because of my grandma's passing this year, um, which was also very traumatic. So I reconnected with my grandparents when I was about 21, 22 was when I, because I was still talking with my parents when I began reconnecting with everybody. And uh, I developed a pretty good relationship with my grandma and grandpa. They were living in Bullhead, Arizona at the time. And um, my grandma has been in bad health since we started speaking. She was in renal failure. Um, She was on dialysis three times a week. And um, when I got the call that she was dying, and I had told myself this, the second I find out that she's going to die, I'm going to go down there. I just knew I was going to drop everything and go be with her. And I did. Uh, I got a call on a Monday afternoon. I was actually just about to go to work. And my grandpa said they don't know if she's going to make it through the night. And so I got off the phone with him. I actually tried to call my dad and he didn't answer. Um, so then I called my uncle and I told him what was going on and he said, I'll find out more cause he lives in Evanston and he was, it's his sister. He said the same thing. I'm going to drop everything and go. And so he calls me back and he was like, we got to go. And so I went to work and that night I came home and I packed a bag and I went, I was like, I don't know how long I'm going to be gone. And I ended up being gone a week. And, um, the whole time I was gone, I was trying to get a hold of my dad. I was like, I don't, doesn't matter the relationship between me and him. At this point, it doesn't even matter the relationship between him and his mom, but he needs to know that his mom is dying. And I spent the day with my grandma in the hospital the day before she passed away. Spent quite a while with her and she had some good moments and we had some really good conversations. And uh, she actually had said like she had made peace with my dad never coming Cause we were like, we're trying, we're trying. And she was like, he's not going to come. And, uh, you know, she had told me like, I love you so much. And like, it's been one of the greatest things in my life, having you back and like the unconditional love I've gotten 
as an adult has been from my grandparents for sure specifically my grandmothers um so anyway we finally got a hold of my dad and and he did end up coming and he was a jerk (laughs) he was he was mean and then he put on a show which was different um he put on this nice guy show it was and I could see right through it. And it was making me so angry. And uh, at the funeral. So I helped plan the funeral. And um, at the viewing, he came and didn't speak to me. And um, at the funeral, so I've been, you know, I had a relationship with my grandmother. I spoke at the funeral. Helped plan the funeral. And they didn't save me a spot in the front where the family sits. I know you sat back with me, like, because I remember I showed up and I sat. I don't know where I sat, back in the back somewhere. We, we ended up sitting with my Uncle Leroy, but I should have been. Yeah. I should have been up at the front and they didn't save me a spot. And he had brought my brother and my cousin who hadn't spoken Oh, no, her. no, 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 no. This is. You're talking about, sorry, I'm confusing two things, the funeral versus the burial site. Both. It happened at both. Oh, okay. So, um, and even at the, they do like a private viewing for the close family. And um, I had been trying to interact with my dad and trying to interact with my brother and trying to be this bigger person. I was getting nothing in return and... My uncle, who I'm very close to, he's my only dad at this point. Uh, When we did the the goodbyes and we walked up as a family, my dad walked up with my cousin and my brother and my uncle took me and my other cousin up with him. And if that wasn't, to me, the... It told me who was my family in that moment. I don't know what would, (laughs) you know. If that's not a time to heal i don't know what is and i put the ball in his court and he (laughs) he didn't play so so that so your family your mom your dad those are 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 those the two major abandonments in your life from those two that have led you on this path of always worrying about people leaving you or did you have others no i would say those are definitely the main two i think i had a lot of like, I grew up with abandonment issues, even though, like, I was not... I had two parents, and I think that the reason I grew up with a lot of those feelings before all this happened was because I it was made very apparent that love was conditional in my home. Um, You know, if I did something wrong, it was... And, I mean, it could be very minor things that set off my mom. And so it was like, if I wasn't a perfect kid and I didn't do everything right, then um then it felt like love was gonna be taken from me and so it was this this whole thing of I always have to be perfect I always have to be exactly what you want and it still was never enough and so which also leads to a big issue in my life currently of I never feel like I'm enough ever and um but so I always had those feelings and then I also think that because when we were growing up, we were told our grandparents on both sides didn't love us. 
And I think I had a lot of abandonment from that as well because I loved both sets of grandparents as a kid. Like I loved going to see my grandparents and so to like be told that these people who always like gave, you know, covered me in kisses and like filled my pockets with candies and like my grandma Kay lives in California and she would send us a gift for Valentine's Day for St. Patrick's Day like always made a big deal to make it apparent that she was thinking about us so I think that being told you know all of a sudden we're not talking to either groups of these people and they don't love you was really like devastating for me and so then too like growing up when people were like I love my grandparents I was like fuck grandparents who needs them like (laughs) and so then like having it totally reverse like I stopped talking to my parents and then I was welcomed back with open arms by grandparents I I think I gotta correct you though what you didn't stop talking to your parents no I did other way around they stopped talking to me yeah you set boundaries. They chose not to respect them. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And so it just kind of reinforced like, oh, well, I shouldn't set boundaries. And, you know, just so it, and it also reinforced the, the I was right. If I'm not exactly what they want me to be, then of course they're not going to love me because they just ripped that out from under me because I set a boundary. Well, and there's there's something to be said about setting boundaries and fallouts with parents because a lot of people go through them. I myself had to set boundaries with my mother in my early 20s. And unfortunately, she didn't respect those boundaries. Mm-hmm. And so I had to cut her off for my own mental well-being. And it wasn't that I ever hated my mom or had any sort of ill will towards her. I was just like, you. I've asked time and time again that you respect this boundary. And it was basically to leave me neutral in my parents' divorce. I'm not picking sides and she just couldn't get that through her head at the time. Right. So I had to cut her off and I cut her off for a good, oh God, five, six years, if not more. I remember her even at my cousin's wedding coming up to my ex-wife at the time and she had obviously built up some animosity towards me because she... Well, and we had just started dating, Yeah, too. and she wanted, she wanted Desiree to know that, I hope my son's not fucking you in the divorce, is <laughs> what, what got back to me. And that was from Desiree's mouth. She said, hey, I don't think your She's mom's like, too happy with your you. Mom. Yeah, I remember that, too. But I, I never shut the door and threw away the key. I, there was always... Like, like you had said, the ball is in her court or in this instance, in your parents' court. And I put the ball in my mom's court. If you want to come and try again, I'm willing, but you need to respect these boundaries. And it was another thing that was very similar to me and you is the reconnect happened over a tragedy. And I, that's why I always tell people you need to reconnect with individuals on good terms, not in these nightmare scenarios, but a lot of the time it is the nightmare scenarios that bring us together. Um, together. It kind of forces you together. Yeah. And, and mine was yours was your grandma passing away, forced you to see your father again. And like you had said, the ball was in, in his court and he didn't, he didn't want to play ball with you or wanted to put on a show. My mom and me reconnected over my grandfather's death. Mm-hmm. 
And but we did it very slowly. It wasn't like we didn't act like the waters were just clear and free of any problems. It was okay, we'll start talking again. And I very limited myself in the exposure of her to leaving it to letting her back in my life slowly. And I still haven't completely 100% let her back into my emotional state. And whether I will or not, I don't know because of that past history I've had with her. And so... It does make you like worry and makes you kind of just take things a little more slowly. Yeah, but in that the passing of my grandfather, we did reconnect and... She was willing to play ball by a fair set of rules that we had established and boundaries that we had talked about. And now I have not the best relationship with my mom, but I do have one that is there and she is very supportive of me and very loving of me, which I am very appreciative of. And I hope... She loves her little boy. (laughs) Yeah, and I, I hope that one day your parents wake up to the fact that you and your sister should be part of that family. And I hope that one day they wake up and realize. Well, and I've told them I'm not. And this was before my grandparents died. I don't know if you remember this happening. Um, I had told my dad, I'm don't talk to me unless you're ready to talk to me and my sister. We're a package deal. Yeah. And that's a boundary you set, which they obviously aren't willing to play by those rules yet. It's like negotiations. Well, and I don't think it's an unfair one either. And I, cause I don't want to have these weird like units, you know, of like dis, and it's uncomfortable too to like have a relationship with this person and then have a, a separate relationship with this person and, but also have connections, but put up a wall in between those relationships. And it's not, I don't like that. I don't want that in my, that's too much for me. And, and that's okay. Like it's, that's another thing that I've talked to my therapist about. Like, she's like, why do you have to, like you put you give yourself these expectations and you force yourself to do these things and not that, and not that particular thing. Uh, but just like, I'll tell them, I'll be like, I, I have to do this or, you know, I should have handled it this way or blah, 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 you know, whatever. And she's like, it's okay to just feel how you feel and want the life you like, that's fine that's okay and so it's like I try to tell myself that too like until these people are ready to act like adults then I'm just gonna have to live my life the way I want to because that's peaceful and I want peace in my life and not chaos it's the whole reason I'm currently kind of distancing myself from my grandfather who is wanting to live in chaos and I don't yeah I've always um as of late, not always, but I've uh, tried to integrate that into my life as well, that I choose to live a simple way, not a chaotic way. So, if, for instance, with my mother g- going to some of her family issues in that realm of the family, her also trying to rile up stuff between her and her brother and get me involved. And I've told her time and time again, nope, I'm not doing it. And she actually respected it that time because I told her, you want me to go away again? Because I will. Cause and she doesn't, this, she this sees how important you are, and that's why she's willing. Yes. 
And but you got to actively make that choice to live a simple life. I think people don't realize how simple it is to make that choice. They choose because they're like addicted to the craziness in the drama. I want to correct you on that because of something that Gabby said to me. And it was not even pertaining to me. It was actually pertaining to a whole totally different situation. But she said, if you're born in shit, you're raised in shit, you're going to crave shit. Because it's all you know. Like a pig. <laughs> That's all you know. So you, if you're born in chaos and you're raised in chaos, you're going to seek out chaos. And so... I don't think it's that you desire it. I think that it's so that's what some people it's all they know and it's it's takes effort, but it's worth the effort to change that. I would agree to disagree. That's okay. But um here's how I see that cuz I was born in a very chaotic uh family life and I I have lived in chaos for the longest time and I knew what the simplest solution was. So let's, but you had to work to change it. No, I had to simply make the simplest decision of not doing, not wanting to live that way anymore. And let me put it to you this way. So me and my sobriety, right. I had let my, um, alcohol destroyed my life. I had made terrible decisions with alcohol. And this whole time during COVID and everything that I'm struggling with, uh, this lifestyle I had created around alcohol and these crazy weekend parties and all this bullshit that I had brought and invited into not only my own life, but your life. I always knew the simple way of stopping this was stopping drinking. It was that easy. I just had to make that decision. I had to actively make the simple decision. So I think that it's, I didn't crave that stuff. It's almost like I feared what the result of stopping it was. I feared the non-chaos. Maybe. I don't know. Um, And so maybe I can see some commonality and common ground with what she's saying Um, but I, I do think that some people are in like, I think they get bored with the simple. I do think there are some people and I think they're, those situations are different. Well, at least a couple of specific ones I'm thinking about. I think some people like they're not necessarily raised in it, but they come upon it and they like it. Yeah. It's almost like, I don't understand why people like to watch soap operas. I don't watch soap operas. <laughs> Law and Order SVU is not a soap opera. <laughs> so in 2022, you've you've experienced a lot and you've you've grown a lot as an individual from. Yeah, I feel like I've grown 10 years this year. That's actually one of the things that my therapist and I talked about was it's exhausting, and um, that and she was like, yeah, it's okay to rest. You've you've had a lot this year, but it's those hard conversations those hard moments and those the not so pleasant nights and not so pleasant things we have to confront in our heads that make and shape us in the most insane ways and if you let it the most positive ways yeah like um so for example i stood up for myself the other day um i told somebody i'm not gonna do this um 
with you. Like, I'm not going to pick sides in your fight with somebody else. She's talking about when I asked her to do the damn dishes. <laughs> and, but I set a boundary and I was like, I'm, I'm not going to be a part of it. But I, I, but I set it, which was even more, it wasn't a huge thing. It wasn't like, I'm not going to blah, you know, but it, I did it. The, the fact that I did it instead of wanting to do it, first of all, was tremendous for me because that's not something I do. Um, so that was a really big deal. Um, and also, like, it comes back to, like, like I kind of credit my Uncle Leroy for teaching me to do this because anytime I call him and I want advice, I'm like, how do I handle this situation? He always tells me, and it's a simple answer, be straightforward. Set the boundary. Be straightforward. And it's like, well, I don't want to do that because I don't want to hurt someone else's feelings. Well, their feelings don't matter right now because your feelings are being hurt. And so he always comes back to, if, if you are straightforward, it doesn't matter what the other people think. And my therapist says this too, but he's been saying it to me longer. <laughs> then you're going to live a happier life. And if they're mad at you, they're mad at you. But then you don't have to like deal with this thing repeating itself with the same people basically and so I did it and I was really proud of myself because a year ago I wouldn't have done that definitely not five years ago no and I think what you're saying there is 100% correct because I experienced that as well um I've experienced it in the way of so I would put up with people's nonsense or bs a lot of the time because I always knew at the end of the day, I just had to make it to the end of the day. Right. I have to make it to five o'clock. I can go home and have a beer and just sit on the couch and zone out. Yeah. I During those times, I had no ambition as a person. I had no self-respect. And so I just wanted to make it to the end of the day. And it's not like it was coming home Monday through Friday getting drunk. I call myself the most responsible alcoholic out there because I waited till Friday and Saturday to do my major drinking. But still, the fact of just a beer in the hand was a problem that I didn't recognize at the time. And I think a lot of people do all these vices to get through the day because they know they just have to get home and they can do this or that or one on the other. And a lot of the times the things that we're choosing are unhealthy vices. Right. Like for me, it was just get home, sit and do nothing and have a beer and just that's what I have to make it through. Mine is eating. And, and there's see, a reason we, I'm chubby. We I'm all stressed all the time. I'm just constantly shoveling candy into my face. But it's something you're <laughs> also I'm taking on, on head on. And but what what I'm trying to get at is people started to realize there was this change in me. And I didn't even really notice the change, but I knew that no longer, once I made that conscious decision that you're not drinking alcohol anymore, and I made that commitment to myself and one other person you, that I've, that's the only two people I ever cared about making the commitment to was number one, myself, and then number two, you. And I would go to work or just out in the general and you start to quickly realize the people that really matter yeah, and the ones that don't, because the ones that don't were always like, why are you so honoring now? And it was, it wasn't like, I'm not honoring. I just don't have the time or the mental capacity to deal with your bullshit because I no longer have that negative vice when I get home to just tolerate your crap all day 
and then to get home. Because yeah. now when I go home, I want to do something productive and like I exercise and I deal with things in more healthy ways. But at the same time, you're not going to take up this mental capacity or treat me or bulldoze me in a day. So I started like standing up for myself like you just said you are. And people would interpret that as me being ornery or rude. How or many people the last couple of weeks of, of work asked you, why is Lacey so ornery? A lot. <laughs> and I, I told all of them, I she's not ornery. And I remember one instance that someone who, who will remain unnamed and the whole situation will remain correct unnamed. Um, it was over something that you were frustrated with and you communicated those frustrations in a way that let a lot of people know. And that's okay because no one was taking your frustration seriously. Yeah. And then they were like, well, this is the way they should do it. Well, no, let's think about this for a moment. What led her to doing it that way? That's where the problem lies. Not that she did it that way. Like you can sit here and judge all you want all day long on why people are doing things the way they're doing them, but you got to take it back a few steps and say, why did they get to that point that they had to express their frustrations in that way? Like when you have outrage or outbursts and you didn't even have that. I thought you handled yourself very professionally in my opinion, but I might have a little bit of bias. I, <laughs> I try not to. Um, but yeah, I mean, but it's, I think it's the same thing as you. Like, I don't like it's I guess I'm experiencing what you experience now, too. And it's people think I'm ornery because I'm sticking up for myself. Yeah. And so people think you're ornery because you're like you're like, I'm not putting up with bullshit anymore. And that doesn't make you an ornery person. It actually makes you a happier person. Well, <laughs> and th this is the great thing is once you start sticking up for yourself and deciding that I'm no longer going to accept this type of lifestyle or accept these types of people, the ones that perceive you as Henri, they will start to disappear yeah, because they, they don't want to deal with you because they know, oh, they... They're going to call me on my shit. Yeah. They'll fade away. And I have noticed over the past, because I've almost been sober a year and a half now. Yeah. That in that time, I've had... A little over 500 days. Something like that. And I've had so many people fall out of my life. But you've had really good people... I've had amazing people stay in my life and I've had attracted good, great people into it. And so now my social networking circle might be a little bit smaller, but it's not full of the noise and the chaos. Yeah. And that's one thing that has been so nice for me and especially going into 2022 because 2021 was discovering who I was getting sober because I I had just barely started to get sober in 2021. 2020. No, was it 2020? How long have I been sober now? I, it was I forget. August 1st of I gotta go to my little app. Let's see. It was here. August 1st of 2020. Was it? Yeah, I've been sober one year, four months, and 29 days. So, yeah, so. Because in 2023, it'll be two years. No, I my sober day is August 1st, 2021. Oh, I was wrong. No, yeah, you were wrong. I was like, that would have given me way more because that was it was during COVID. That Sorry, I'm not very good at math. <laughs> I lost my way. But 2021, <laughs> there was like 
and a little into 2022 was discovering who I was without alcohol. And But the big thing of 2022 was developing who I want to be with and being comfortable with that. And my goals going forward for 2023 is just taking risks as that person, taking more risks, not not bad risks, good, good risks. risks. Um, I think that's my goal too. And that's actually something I've talked about with my therapist. She's like, I don't know if you know who you are. She's like, I know that you know who you love and what you love, but I don't know if you know who you are. And because those are different things. And um, so we've kind of talked about that like in depth, like like truly thinking about like who I am. And it's funny too, because the if I would have stayed in good contact with my parents, the life I have now would not be the life I would have. Um, especially if I never started dating you. I think that's it's kind of like it's a wonderful life. Like if I think about that. Um, like I really like the outdoors. Like I, Marcus got me a paddleboard for Christmas. I'm so excited to go paddleboarding this summer. Um, I like reconnected with that in my life last summer. Of, like I love the water. And so this summer I'm like, I have a paddleboard. I'm pa- I want to go paddleboarding. I want to try and go once a week. Like I'm so excited about this. And growing up, like, my mom was like, we're city girls. We don't like dirt. And, like, I don't mind being dirty. Like, in fact, even when we garden, like, I usually am barefoot or, like, in my Crocs or something. I take my gloves off and I get dirty. And, like, so I kind of want to explore more of that, of, like, who I am. Like, and it's nice, too, because, like, I have a, like, a really, I have a teeny tiny little group. I have, like, two best friends, right? They're, like, my main, they're the really the only people I talk to on a regular almost daily basis um and like but it's that it they're girls which is a big deal for me because growing up like I couldn't keep friendships with other females I think because my mom would like plant like because my mom is I don't think confident around other women and so my mom would like plant like they're out to get you and I don't know, maybe some of them were, maybe some of them weren't, but like, I don't have that experience with my friends as an adult. And I was actually even thinking too, like, my mom would hate Gabby because she's loud and she says whatever she wants. And like, I think that's also part of the reason I love her is because like, she's loud. And your, <laughs> your mom would hate Gabby. And I can say this with a hundred percent certainty because your mom does not like abrasive people. She likes you to fall in line and feel apart. And your I mom always reminded love me. abrasive people. <laughs> no, I guess not abrasive. Is not what abrasive, the word. but like. Rough around the edges. Yeah. Life people that people are the salt of the earth. life and yeah, who, who are the salt of the earth. And you're so right. Like your mom in my experience with your mom, this is not, I'm not trying, I don't ever want to come across as I talk shit on Lacey's parents. They don't like me. They don't like you. It's never that I didn't like them. They don't like me. They don't like an event that happened that maybe we'll get into on another podcast. We could do a whole podcast on my life. About standing up for yourself. (laughs) But. All my problems with them have been about that. (laughs) Well, and I think your mom really didn't like me because I'm not an actor. Your mom is an actor. She's yeah. an actor to the T to get people to like her. Mm-hmm. I have, even when I was 
well, I wasn't really an alcoholic when we were interacting with your parents. I came out of like COVID and all that yeah, shit that you that created. Yeah, not a heavy drinker. That Like we were drinking and having fun. But, but not it wasn't like, like I had gotten yeah. to. But um, I remember sitting in a store and I had said something because the store was outrageous. So overpriced. And it was just a bullshit fake store. What was the name of that store? Endless Indulgence. Are they still open? I have no idea. But I hope they're not. I don't Because care. everyone in that store was fake as fuck. And, and I just, I had made a comment to myself, like I wasn't loud about it. I, I wouldn't be that person, but I was just like, what a rip off. It was like a fedora for, it was really expensive. It was hundreds of dollars. Yeah. It was somewhere around like two ninety nine or something. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, what is this made of? And that's <laughs> people me. This is just me. The store was a vintage store. So I don't understand this stuff. It was overpriced even for a vintage clothing store. But but if your mom had accompanied, accompanied me into a camera store and looked at a lens, she would probably do the same thing. Right. What the fuck? Whoa. I wouldn't jump down your mom's throat and be like, we're not, we don't talk like that in here. <laughs> yeah. I was like, I'm not your fucking little kid. I'm a grown ass adult. Yeah. I will say whatever I want, whenever I want about something. I'm not making a scene. I am simply making an observation to myself that you overheard and you don't want to be. That's where it really irked me with your mom. I was like, you don't want to be associated with me. You want me to be associated with what you deem appropriate. Right. And that's when the friction really happened between me and them. And that's when it comes back to like that whole saying of, the years have passed and the dangers have passed. It's safe to be you. And so I think that's why I'm really drawn to people who are comfortable with who they are. I think that's why I love you. And I, I like when it comes down to it, that's what I love about Gabby is she's just unapologetically who she is. And I think that's one of the reasons I'm really drawn to her. And I think it has to do with because I was not around those people as a kid. And I was not that person as a kid. Um, I'm working really hard to be that person as an adult and that's going to take, a, I think, a, a while. But um, so I think that that's why I'm really drawn to to those kinds of people. And I think that that's what's exciting about the life that I am building now is that it it's the life that I want and not the life that anybody else is telling me I have to have. Yeah, exactly. And that, that was one of my biggest things with going forward with this podcast project was I have a lot of fun with the horror podcast we do. We do that on a monthly basis. We usually record like two episodes a month, but I wanted to have conversations with people that were unfiltered, unedited, and just salt of the earth people who, because I mean, let's face it, like you have like the Joe Rogan podcast that's interviewing all these notable people. Yeah. Then then you have on the exact opposite you have soft white underbelly which i'm really drawn to as well so joe rogan has these really interesting individuals that i'm like damn they have great stories not all of them are celebrities some of them are prominent scientists and things like that and then you got um mark in soft white underbelly who is doing the exact opposite and it's going for the lowest of the low people in our society who also have great stories they do amazing stories a lot of the times i will go on there if i'm feeling like crap like oh i'm nothing and then i watch one of those i'm like oh god i am way more fortunate than i uh give myself credit for and i'm way better of a person than i give myself credit for 
But the reason I wanted to start this is I wanted to have conversations with us folk that the fit in the middle, people. that we're right in the middle somewhere. You go grocery <laughs> shopping by these people and you don't even know they have an interesting, and I think that makes people more human too. Like you're going to like, I don't know if you just assume that somebody has a story, you don't. it doesn't have to be a bad story or anything, just a story. It makes people more human and it makes us more empathetic. I think because we're all online all the time, sometimes we're able to like just make people I don't know, like little stick figures in our head. Like they don't have families and lives and they don't have interesting things that have happened to them and that have shaped them, I guess. I don't know. Well, and I've talked to people about my life. I've shared stories from my life and people are like, God, you're so interesting. You've done so much. And I'm like, no, I'm not. But then I think back, I'm like, I've actually done a lot of stuff. So that's that's why I wanted to start this podcast because not only – do I get to express myself on here and get people to know me better? And I've always told myself I won't filter anything on here. Um, but I also get to have people tell their stories and their interesting insight because I've always felt that was a strong point of me is I could always get people to open up to me. You and have I have a weird talent about that. Like people will just like beeline it to you in public and tell you their life stories. <laughs> I was telling someone <laughs> that the other day and they're like, what do you mean? I was like, you just have to come with me. It's so <laughs> weird. It's the weird. And I'm like, please don't. I'm pretty introverted and shy actually. I'm like, please don't come talk to me for the love of God leave me alone and well it, what something it, about you they're like i can trust this man it, it must be and one of it was really interesting one of my friends i was out with her doing some photography on antelope island and i just got talking to this person next to us and then they went about their own way and she's like i am so jealous of you i'm like what the fuck are you jealous of me for she's like i could never do that she was like you have the ability to communicate with anybody yeah and i was like well people and it's are just probably people. a skill you've polished too just with your job 100 percent. because i used to be very shy and kind of reserved as a child and i always had social speaking phobia like not social speaking stage fright things of that nature um and then working in retail in music retail i got to know a lot of different walks of life and we'd have conversations and then in my job now that's I'm constantly dealing with a new group of people every month and I, I get bored talking about school bus stuff. Not that I don't teach these people what they need to know. But when you're driving around, you want to talk about stuff other than just the school bus, especially because you don't want to keep having the same conversation. And the best way to get people to kind of relax on their defensive driving to where I can get them back into like, hey, you're screwing up now. Is, is by talking talking and getting them to open up to their life and then i'm like did you check your mirror oh crap no yeah it oh, is. and then they see what i'm doing you're just trying to <laughs> i'm like what do you think the kids are gonna do on the bus it's very true um i totally agree no but you you do just have this like because and well and it's good for me because i don't have that skill i don't want the skill that's fine by me <laughs> but um it's good for me that you have it because it helps me have experiences that i wouldn't have had otherwise like when we went to Heber and you forced us to do that game night and we had a really, really fun time. But if it would have been me by myself, I would have said no thanks. Oh, that was, in, that was in Helper. Oh, I said and, Heber, sorry. Uh, Games on Main, that's his yeah. Instagram. Uh, He's a really nice guy. He, he wanted us to play games with him. I'm always trying to get Lacey to let me pick up a hitchhiker too. <laughs> 
she has a, I'm not gonna. That one I'm not gonna <laughs> bend on. But yeah, he ended up taking us down to this old mob prison room and all this stuff. It was really he cool. showed us a bunch of cool stuff. Yeah, and you know that's that's my goal going forward in 2023 is I want to be more risky uh, in a positive way um, and just develop myself as more of a person and kind of distance myself from the negativity and really distance myself. One thing I'm majorly trying to do is take myself out of the social media competition. Obviously I'm never going to be able to take myself out of social media. I like photography too much. And that's like your number that's one way of sharing to. it. But, um, cause I, every once in a while I'll find myself like, Oh man, I only got this many likes or, or, uh, you know, like why am I not more popular? But to just be able to be content with saying, I shot this photo, I put it there, people will appreciate it or not, but I like it. Yeah. And we were watching a documentary last night about anxiety and the overprescription of Xanax and benzos and things like that. And it, they said something in it that really clicked with me and made me actually put my phone down for the rest of the show. It was funny. I watched you. You were totally <laughs> like, when it was talking about it, you were like, Meh. Yeah, the, <laughs> the social social aspect of social media is making us anxious. I was like, you know what? You're, you're right because I'm not giving my brain. I'm There's too many uh, neurons firing trying to absorb the show, the phone, the this, the that. I need to take more time and just think and enjoy. That's the other thing that I'm going to do as a goal is when I'm out with people, I'm not going to be on my phone. That's a good goal for you. I was seriously super annoyed. I went with a friend of mine um, not too long ago and we went to uh, dinner and then we were supposed to go to uh, a comedy club. Oh, we yeah. Ended up at a coffee shop. About this. They were on the phone the whole time. And I was just like trying to create this conversation. I was like, do I even know who this person is anymore? She's changed so much. And I don't know what's going on in her life or whatever. But it was just very uncomfortable. But neither here or there. I'm still friends with him. I just was very like, what's going on right now? This is so awkward. Um, But I've also like developed these relationships in my life with other people that have come out of 2022 as being like, these are really good people. And so I just want to do more with them and, and grow as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, what are your goals for 2023? I want to continue my growth as a person as well and my therapy and my hobbies and that, um, so like, Oh, I had a brain fart. <laughs> what What was the one thing out of 2022 that just, I mean, I know I talked about what was your best thing as an artist and you said kind of. My dog bandanas. Your dog bandanas again. But best thing that came out of 2022. Um, I, can it, can it be like a personal realization? I guess? It can be whatever you want. I realize that I'm a pretty big caretaker and like, I like that about myself and uh, like, I guess like with our animals, I don't know. <laughs> Is that dumb? It's kind of a personal realization. That was a pretty good thing. 
I don't no, know. That's, that's not dumb. I, I just did goes the thing. back. Yep. I did the thing. I'm trying not to <laughs> I do. I was going to say, you just broke two of your things that your therapist hey, is trying to say. It's progress. But you're realizing it. You're realizing it. Progress. Um, not. I like that. Progress, not perfection. Um, She says that. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know. I think that was pretty cool. I guess just like getting to know myself a little bit more. Um, I don't know. That's a really hard question. There was a lot of, I actually had like, there was a lot of crappy things that happened this year, but I think overall I had a pretty good year. Um, like I, there was a lot of like traumatic things that caused a lot of like sadness, uh, like losing my grandma, you lost your grandma. Uh, we lost our cat. Like, there was a lot of stuff like that. But there was also a lot of, like, really good things. Like, Bear and I went to Bear Lake. And we had so much fun doing that. And I have a hobby that I have with my friends. And we got to do that over the summer. And, like, now we have this new little kitten. And I'm really excited about my new little kitten. And just, I don't know. So, just, I got, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's funny that it's you. It's a hard question to answer. It's funny that you bring up Raider because I wanted to talk about Raider briefly before we ended the episode. I'll talk okay. about what I'm proud of in 2022 in a minute. But Raider's passing was the hardest thing of 2022 period. It was harder than losing my grandma. It was harder than uh, watching you lose your grandma. It was a disastrous event for me because I had had this cat for 22 years and some people uh they say the it's just a cat yeah I didn't get a lot of that but I got a, a little bit like oh god dude it's just a cat man you'll get over it I I just the other day was coming home from downtown and just started bawling thinking about him and the thing that I realized with Raider that he taught me is time is precious and it flies by and it taught he taught me as an asshole. He literally <laughs> taught me that I was the biggest. He taught me that I was a caretaker. <laughs> well, that that's good. In his death, we both made realizations. Yours was a positive. Mine was a negative that I have been working on to change around. And one of them was I, I am very particular. And when things don't go my way, I get very angry. And if anybody knows anything about cats, they don't give a shit about the way you want no. them to go. No, Raider was Especially always... Especially Raider. It Ra was like Raider knew how to piss you off. Yeah, dude, he would do <laughs> things in front of me to piss me off. And I would I would let myself get mad. Now, I never like full-on attacked the cat or like was an animal abuser. I mean, anyone no. who goes through our Facebook or Instagram can see we love our animals. And I loved Raider at the time. But I would allow myself to get mad at the dogs, the cat, the something, because they would pee on something or ruin something. And I would get very... Raider would leave hair on the cow. Yeah. And I would get animated and pissed and let my blood pressure rise and and sometimes yell, scream and shout at them. And when he passed away, I realized how stupid and what a bad character fly had of doing that like i remember kind of his last day and i was like what the fuck was wrong with me in my past 31 and a half years of life that i would allow myself to get so angry about the most trivial basic things and now 
this cat's passing away. And with losing him, I realized that these trivial things that I was letting myself get mad about and shout about and yell about or get upset about, they're nothing. They're, they're a speck in the universe, a speck in your time that you that I shouldn't give any credence to. And I learned that, and I, I'm not totally over it, but I made like a concerted effort and a promise to him that if there was anything I was going to learn out of his death, it was to treat every day going forward as a progress in slowly changing the way I react to things. And if you, like, you've kept that promise. Marcus never, like, Marcus doesn't like, cats like boxes, okay? Everybody knows that cats love trash. Why even get them toys? They want to play in the trash. And with Raider, like, it was so cute. You would turn around and he'd be in a box and... Uh, Marcus would always recycle the boxes. And now with his little princess, she's the box queen and bags. Man, she <laughs> loves bags. You let her play in them for a little bit before you throw them away. That's a really big thing to me because, like, I don't before know. Before I was like, it's trash. It's it needs trash to go it now. It needs to go. And I'm like, but just let them play in it for a minute. And you're like, I think that's really impressive that that doesn't bother you the way that it would have bothered you before. I think Raider would be very proud of you. His death has also been very hard on me, but I didn't have him my entire life, so. Yeah, and so, I mean, that that's one thing is just being more accepting of the things I cannot change and not letting them get me too upset or irritated. And that comes from just, like, I used to get the worst road rage too, and now I've tried to just be like, oh, just chill out, calm down. yeah. Um, so losing him, I've tried to take that lesson from it. Um, He's the, like, I guess what I was trying to say about the whole caretaking thing is like, it was a personal realization and I guess it was kind of a, a nice and cool realization because it was, um, I have a hard time finding really nice, positive things to think about myself. It's a struggle I have. And so like to come away from a, and there was a few different things. Obviously, when my grandma passed away, I had the same kind of realization. But definitely with him, it was like, I'm a I'm a good caretaker, like, and I'm good in a crisis. And, like, I don't know. I just thought I just it was a nice thing to think about myself, I guess. No, I, I totally agree. Um, the one thing that I'm super, like, happy about and proud of from 2022 was – I've always had wanderlust and I've always enjoyed going places, but I've also always allowed fear and anxiety to get in the way of travel. And I've been doing better about breaking that down. Like I've always wanted to travel across the United States in a vehicle, but I'm always like, what if the car gets a flat tire? What if the car throws an engine run? Whatever. I actually did that this year. Um, I have gone on and solo. And things went wrong. Yes. And we, guess what? You just dealt with it. Yes. What uh, was I telling you for years? A lesson. Just deal with a it. lesson I had to learn from Lacey. Um, <laughs> and I've, I've done solo trips before, but I've never done a solo road trip. I don't think. I don't. I think I did one to St. George, 
there's something very special about going on a road trip by yourself or with a dog. Yeah. Now you understand. And I did that this year just recently. And I've, I've gone to places that I've really wanted to see. And I want that goal going forward. I, I have enough um, possessions. Like I've slowly over time actually really gotten into like a minimalist view of things. Like not that I don't enjoy art and appreciate art, but like trinkets and things like that. I don't need any of that unless it's some expensive camera gear. I'm not spending my money on it. Like people are like, why are you still driving around a 2011 Honda CRV? I'm like, well, it, still drive. it drives and I don't have to spend the money. Hey man, on. I'd still be driving a 99 Cavalier if that thing was still running. <laughs> and, and I, I get it's all about priorities. Like other people have been into our house before and not that our house is ghetto or run down, but like the cabinets upstairs, they're not new. But when, they hold when, the dishes. When are you going to redo your kitchen? When it becomes a priority for me, but it's not now. My priority is travel and experience. And I don't see that changing in a while. So those 1980s looking cabinets are probably going to stay that way a little longer. They hold the dishes. That's all that until matters. Until they're falling out of the wall. Yeah. Nope. I'm with you. I love, like, that's a, I want to continue doing some traveling and, I went on my farthest trip away from home this year, uh, which was up into Idaho. That was the farthest I'd been away by myself. I've done little ones, but it hadn't been that far. So that was pretty cool. I want to keep doing those with Mr. Bear as long as he'll stay alive to do them with me. Yeah, and that that's the thing that hit me the hardest was the concept of time is one that does not slow down. I know. It, it, I'm like, Barry, you got to stay alive for the summer because that's when we have the opportunity to do these things. And you need to, you don't need to, you need to, whatever your priorities are, just get out there and do them and get them done. I'm not saying you need to travel because some people hate travel. They're and that's perfectly okay. content with their own little world and that's fine. I am not. I have slowly become more of a person that always needs to be on the go and not in a room. And I'm the other way around where like I can sit and just work on my embroidery I on can. the couch for hours. Yeah, and, and that's, but that's a, okay. No, I'm not saying that's bad. And But what I'm saying is like it's okay for like I think this is important to mention too like for couples to have some different hobbies that they don't have to do together and like you'll go do photography by yourself because you have to be on the go while I stay home and work on my embroidery. And that's fine because you don't always have to be together 24-7 either. Well, and it's nice too that lately I've made uh, connections with other photographers who are like-minded like me because I do have people to go with when you don't want to go because you don't always want to go trudge around in the snow when looking. It's 12 degrees. <laughs> but these people will. So that is I, nice. It's not my thing, and that, but I love that it's your thing. <laughs> and you know what? Sitting on the couch and working on an embroidery, that's not your thing, but that's okay too. To end this very serious episode, which I'm going to have to put a disclaimer in the beginning of the episode about. Trigger warning. Well, because we started off in a very lighthearted manner yeah. about your art and who you are as an artist. And then we got into a really heavy matter. So I'll have to like let people know, skip to this point if you want the heavy matter or start with the light matter, whatever you want. Um, but or to- don't listen if you don't <laughs> want to hear the heavy matter. Um, what's one thing you want to see die in 2023? 
Does he die in 2023? Just go away. Um, I don't know. I have two. Can I say Can I two? hear yours first? Maybe it'll inspire me to think of something because I can't think of anything. Okay. My first and by far biggest thing I want to see die in 2023. I am sick and tired of the... I don't even know what I want to call them. Instant gratification. Look at me and what I'm doing good. Stop videotaping yourself going out there doing oh, good I hate for that. homeless Just people. Just do good. Just do good without showing We all know what your goddamn priorities are. It's the likes and the uh, follows and, and the whatever you're going to get from the stupid Instagram reel, YouTube video, social media posts of, look at what I did to this person today. Don't forget about me today. Like, I thought of mine. Damn, go be nice to people that are unfortunate, but not everybody's unfortunate event has to become your popular trending post. Agreed. So that's my first thing I want to die. My second thing I want to die is, God damn it, stop with the profile trends, with the profile pictures. Seems like every three months we go through a new trend. Oh, those AI ones. Well, that's just the latest one. Three months before that, it was something three months before. Take a raw photo of yourself and put it in your Facebook profile. That's what I want to be the trend. Just you. Or do what I do and just wear a mask in every one of your Facebook profiles and be uh, a weird character, I guess. But I liked like my profile pictures are usually of a time where like I was having a really good time. It was special or like. A fun makeup I did and I was proud of it or something like that. And it's not even that I'm like against the AI art that came out. But when you really started researching that, how many artists that company ripped off to create those that everyone's just now freely out there doing. I'm like, AI doesn't create art. AI has no concept of what art is. I don't care what anyone says. You have to program. AR emulates mm-hmm. art it it takes other artists art and makes it ai doesn't feel ai doesn't know what love is it's never going to know yeah. the human condition it can pretend so that that's my two things that gotta die <laughs> um i only have one so far Trendy TikTok dances well uh tiktok <laughs> can just die in general i don't even have one of those I don't have a TikTok either. I don't mind like the Facebook reels as much. Like I know that TikToks end up on there, but the dances like that Wednesday Adams dance, I could probably do it for you right now. I don't even know what you're talking about. Because I keep seeing it come up. Like I'll be like watching. I really like watching like videos about animals, like rescue stories. <laughs> it's funny the the videos that we like you always go like i can tell like in the morning when we wake up and one thing i need to do is get away from and i'm i'm getting better at that i've been getting up and doing stuff rather than grabbing my phone and living on the phone for an hour in bed but the one thing that when it does happen that's funny is your videos have like cutesy music in the background and are like ding ding and it's like an animal and mine are like Boom, do, 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 do. Boom, 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 boom. Oh my god, yeah, we definitely like watching different things. So I don't I don't mind like reels or like I'll watch those like videos where they're like the dodo where they're like 
this pit bull was found and it weighed one pound and blah, blah, blah. Look, it grew an extra leg and it's so happy and all that, you know. <laughs> but, um, so, but the trendy TikTok dances, I'm like, I don't want to watch another trendy TikTok dance. Oh, my God. So that's one. And then um, I want to see people coming to art booths and not arguing about prices die. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't want to buy it, just walk away. If well, you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything at all. There you go. <laughs> and I'm going to end this episode as I usually always try to do by telling you guys all to be a little kinder out there. You guys all have a great New Year's Eve, New Year Day, and make 2023 the best it can be. Whatever it is you're going to do to do that, just go at it 100%. Thanks, Lacey, for being willing to come on and share a little keyhole conversation into your life. <laughs> we'll talk to you later.